Hello everybody and welcome to episode 63 of the Epic Drop Podcast, which you can find once or twice a week on all good podcast services and some terrible ones as well. You're joined as always by myself, the host, the man with no moniker, Dave Ward, and alongside me, the leprechaun that makes the ladies fawn, Mr. Kem Fox. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, yeah. Same as I ever was, mm. as, as the talking heads would say. Exactly. Right, let's get straight into it. What we've been doing. All right, I'm going to kick off because I've done one thing and one thing only this one week. One thing only. <laughs> Just like last week. Um, so I was lucky enough last night, um, two days before release, to uh, go and see Justice League. Um, How did you get that? How did you? Uh, for a friend of mine. He... Um, was it a preview screening or was it just yeah yeah just okay. preview screen yeah so cool. it was um yeah Odeon Leicester Square so um quite nice little free cool. uh, free bottle of water free pack of popcorn so can't can't grumble and a free ticket nice so yeah, yeah of course yeah great. yeah there you go that's the main um, thing yeah so um obviously we've been talking about it for a long time on the on the podcast a, a very very anticipated um film of mine um in particular um now it's worth kind of just kind of noting that reviews have been very mixed um not overly kind in some respects it seems to be like it's it's done a lot better than i think every other dceu movie bar wonder woman wonder woman yeah Um, yeah but yeah it seems to it's, it's a funny one um but yeah, some people seem to really dislike it, um, and some people seem to love it. So, um, very interesting. What, what, what do you think about it, Dave? That's the main thing. That's well, what you want to know. We'll, we'll get to that. I <laughs> love, I loved it, Ken. Um, okay. Now, for obvious reasons, we won't get into spoilers because yeah. Ken hasn't seen it. Um, and yeah, just but, you know, it's it's fairly early exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. You, you so. saw before everyone else. Come on, Dave. You're getting ahead so of it. This is true. You. This is true. Um, so we'll start off with kind of the, the the cons and then we'll get into the pros so um the cgi to remove henry cavill's mustache is very very off-putting um <laughs> yeah like um, wow it is it's funny because i so i went with a mate of mine and he's like he's not really like he's not a comic book fan at all he likes comic book movies but he's not a comic yeah. book fan and, and he didn't notice at all um, okay. throughout the movie and he'd not heard about that kind of story, so yeah, he didn't know. But literally, like, it was it was so obvious to me. Like in in every scene <laughs> that he was in, that was a reshoot, you could just tell. Um, and it's it's only a small thing. Like, obviously, it doesn't actually affect the the kind of overall outcome of the film. But it's just, yeah, uh, and it might be because I was looking for it as well. But it yeah, was, yeah, it was quite poor. Um, the story like the story's fine the story's the story it's not like fantastic um and we'll include the the kind of villain on that as well mm. it's a bit more of kind of a, a means to an end um yeah i've seen kind of a lot of reviews really kind of slating it and yeah that's i need the reviews i saw that was a, a lot of people said steppenwolf was you know a downside to the movie yeah and, and this is what like don't get me wrong it wasn't like it fantastic but i mean are they ever in any like comic book movie like bar probably like loki in the in the avengers like well the joker yeah but that's obviously that's iconic right and yeah and i still feel like the dark knight it it was a joker movie it wasn't a batman movie yeah um but yeah, people really going to town on the story and just saying that there's like it was really bad. It wasn't really bad. Um, it was just kind of a, a means to an end of bringing these people together to mm-hmm. to fight. Um, <coughs> so they're kind of the uh, the main cons. The soundtrack was yeah, it, was, it didn't stand out. Um, there's one kind of track in there in particular that I I really enjoyed. Um, and and I quite liked the fact there was the old like Batman and Superman themes um, mixed in, um, but apart from that, yeah, it, it's not really a very 
um, adventurous score, let's say. Um, but now onto the the pros. So um, all of the new cast for me, um, fantastic. Ezra Miller is great as, as yeah, a Flash. Um, a lot of people have been saying that that he's really kind of a standout from the new new people. Yeah, and and Jason Momoa likewise um, as Aquaman. Um, he has for me the 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 best scene uh, in the entire movie. Um, it's just it's, it's absolutely hilarious. And um, are you planning on seeing it soon again? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. But like, it's is it if it's not like a big story spoiler, then it's fine. You can say it. I, well, I don't mind it that uh, much. No, I, I won't. I won't spoil it because it is just, it's really funny. But you'll kind of know it when you watch it. Um, okay, it's kind of yeah. The, the standout scene, mm-hmm. um, and and Ray Fisher as well. Like, um, I posted a bit like kind of on Instagram yesterday, just doing a little breakdown of the movie and. Um, it's there's a, there's a real like human quality to his character, um, which is kind of a surprise considering he's like <laughs> he's cyborg. a cyborg, um, <laughs> and I think that's just a, a testament kind of to to him as an actor. Um, he's very kind of integral to the uh, to yeah. The film. That's that's a, a lot of people said that he had more in, a more important role than maybe they'd expect. You know, going in that you know he's very important part of just League. yeah um i mean gal is just obviously she is just incredible as wonder woman um and ben affleck like i still think like for me he's he's one of the best interpretations of of batman um and then again i kind of won't go into anything around kind of henry cavill and and yeah kind of clark and superman but yeah there's very much kind of a um renewed kind of sense of hope to to his character which hopefully we'll see more if we get a sequel to to, to man of steel um two post credit scenes um so <laughs> so that the mid credit scene is is just very kind of um fun and the um second is is very kind of story driven so sets up a potential other film quite nicely and that's all I'm going to say um, on that okay. side. So yeah, on the whole, I really enjoyed it. Like um, two hours, it's a two-hour runtime. Um, yeah, it was cut down. Wasn't probably it, yeah. could have gone a little bit longer. Um, yeah, like you'd expect, it, especially like a big, you know, kind of uh, group movie like that. You expect it to be go a bit longer than two. Yeah, I think you know, give, it, give first, that time to. It's the first breathe. 25, 30 minutes is establishing all of these characters and getting the team together, and then like the the rest of the, the, rest. the movie is yeah. is kind of seeing how that plays out. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like it's funny because obviously there was a lot of complaints when it comes to Batman v Superman that the movie was too long. Yeah, um, yeah. Ironically, for me, I found the extended cut. Yeah. To to be to be the better version of the film because it was more cohesive. Mm. Um, and I would have said the same. I think you could have perhaps had another half an hour just to... And it didn't... Because the one thing that I found with like Batman v Superman is the pacing was pretty terrible. It literally just kind of jumped around and jumped around and there wasn't really uh, a, a reason for it. It does something... It does similar in Justice League, but there's kind of a reason because it's... You kind of jump and you're in Atlantis and... Well, the main kind Yeah, of, but that's because of the characters. Yeah, yeah, Exactly, yeah. yeah like the main kind of opening is, is Batman... Um, yeah, trying to obviously find these characters, so it, it does jump around a little bit, but um, it wasn't necessarily an issue um, for me. Um, and then I guess finally is around the the tale of the two directors, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't feel like that. So it didn't feel like it was two people's movie that they've stuck together. Um, it definitely felt kind of very visually Snyder. Um, yeah, and obviously from the scenes with Henry Cavalier on, with the dodgy CGI, you knew that they were all the Joss scenes because they were reshoots. Um, yeah. But yeah, it didn't feel like kind of two oh, different those, movies. Yeah. Those scenes are really jumping out to me as being his. Um, yeah, yeah. And those ones were definitely his. So yeah, overall, I loved it. Um, again, I, I'm there typical audience though um mm-hmm. for me just kind of seeing all of these characters yeah. on screen together for the first time like mm-hmm. i mean 
this is my this was my Avengers moment. Like now I know yeah. how the the Marvel fans felt um, yeah. when they saw that for the first time. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing um, obviously Aquaman next. Um, really looking forward to seeing that solo movie now. Um, and yeah, hopefully they can kind of keep this band together and make mm-hmm. a sequel because um, I do feel like it's it is moving forward um, as a universe so be intrigued to uh, to see what comes next yeah that was I, I watched uh, you know the Jeremy Jones Jeremy him on YouTube is like movie reviewer right that's uh, he he was kind of he echoed what some other uh, reviews had said you know, but he said like that was kind of the big moment for him was like you you know just seeing the Justice League on screen you know kind of finally seeing them get together was kind of like the big moment and you know it was kind of that was cool to see on the big screen yeah I think the main thing for me with the movie is that it was fun yeah like and I know you couldn't necessarily say that about Batman v Superman yeah um, it was just it was just a fun kind of action movie and I don't think there's anything wrong with that um Obviously, the, some of the critics disagree, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of my takeaway. Is it was a, it was a, a decent, fun, two-hour movie um, that I'm looking forward to watching again. Cool. So that's all you did this week, isn't it? Yeah. That is literally it. <laughs> yeah, uh, not bad. I suppose good synopsis. Uh, so then, t- for me, uh, in terms of playing, just been doing the same in terms of FIFA and. 2K, and then I've also put a bit more into Frozen Wilds, which is getting quite quite interesting. Um, obviously, it's kind of a whole new area of the map. And the one thing I'd say, like, because it's DLC, there isn't th- that same amount of content as the original game in terms of, you know, you can really... It's not as big of a world, obviously, but, um, you know, it's, it doesn't have that same breadth of uh, stuff to do. But still, you know, going through the stuff is pretty interesting, and there's a kind of different... Um, there's a few different markers on the map and you have to kind of do different things. Like there's these towers kind of that control uh, the machines. And so another way, um, did you, I'm assuming, did you get that, uh, uh, the, you know, the kind of armor, the, they had, you have to get no, the keys sh- to get. Shield Weaver. Was it Shield yeah, Weaver? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, but it's pretty interesting when you have, you have that on and you go near these um, towers and they basically kind of spew out this, I don't know what you call it, it's like, it's almost like it's a le- like a electric field or something kind of kind of a pulse almost and uh, if you're in the field while you're going through it kind of like deactivates your um armor for a sec so oh. it does you you only have your normal health you don't have that armor right. so there's kind of and you have to get close to deactivate them to override it so just kind of that risk reward of like you can try and take out the machines but the problem is if you take their health down bit by bit anytime that pulse goes out their um their health gets regenerated so you kind of have to be a bit you know there is kind of that risk reward and you do kind of have to be a bit uh risky in terms of trying to override that thing and then you can go take on the machines so i think that's kind of a good addition to the game and kind of something new but yeah then again it's kind of just interesting to as usual the different factions and the minute you kind of get to learn a bit more about the banuke in this one because they're kind of that's the area they kind of um they're kind of in is the cut and further on they're up uh, in in the north so that's kind of where they occupy so yeah it's pretty interesting i think so far and then uh that's it in terms of playing and then watching uh as usual i've been doing remember i was telling you last week been watching WWE network and that kind of stuff and funny enough they remember that uh you were saying you kind of lost interest in wrestling around when chris jericho became the undisputed champion yeah that's actually the event the what I'm watching at the moment that oh, pay-per-view really? yeah so uh, so it's kind of around the time that like I was watching it but I kind of in other way you kind of forget stuff that happened and forget different pay-per-views so I'm kind of watching around then so I've just been doing that and then also I re-watched a classic on Netflix during the week 80s classic Dave I'm sure you heard of The Breakfast Club yes yeah, yeah. so I just I was kind of looking around for the watch and looking at the different movies and I was like oh yeah snap and I didn't realise that Breakfast Club was on Netflix so I was like hell yeah I'm going to watch that so yeah there you go uh, classic movie classic 80s movie with great soundtrack um, you know Don't You Forget About Me with the the, the title song for it which is pretty iconic now but um, yeah it's just a 
such a great movie and coming of age movie as, as you'd call it um, and I, but I didn't know actually that it's kind of interesting that uh, you know the actors in that movie and there's other ones as well were part of what they call like the Brat Pack apparently yeah, yeah. back in the 80s and that whole there was like a John Hughes like there was a string of films that he did and some new actors that obviously um, what's his name Rob Lowe he's kind of part of that as well he yeah. was in so I, I didn't kind of know that that was like a thing, you know, back then. So I thought that was kind of cool. But um, and obviously uh, Estevez, uh, Charlie Sheen's brother is in it and uh, that kind of stuff. And that's kind of, <laughs> he was big around the time as well. So obviously the cast is just fantastic and all the performances are like absolutely superb. And what the interesting thing about the movie is that, you know, they do all play those stereotypical roles, the the jock, the kind of outcast, the... <laughs> the the basket case they call it and the nerd uh, and that kind of stuff so you know they all they do play those stereotypical roles but during the course of you know the detention Saturday afternoon you know it kind of all they all kind of change type in a way and they all kind of reveal something about themselves that makes them much more around a character than just a stereotypical jock or whatever it happens to be so it's, it's actually I didn't I forgot how kind of impactful it is and like how it is really you know, it's kind of an emotional movie and there's an emotional core to it that kind of bonds the, the characters together. And it is kind of interesting to see where, like, um, you know, the nerdy, he's like, uh, so on Monday morning, are we going to, like, go by uh, each other in the hallway and just, like, act as if nothing happened that kind of way? And then the popular one is like, yeah, well, you know, because she kind of looks down on other people and all that stuff. And it's kind of trying to change that perception of, you know, the people in school and that kind of stuff. And it's also a great line, which I don't even remember from the movie. It's like, um, they're just talking about kind of, um, <coughs> one of them says, we're, we're going to um, turn into our parents when we get older. And then the one who plays the bass case said, yeah, you know what's going to happen. And she, the, her line was, uh, when you grow up, your heart dies. I was like, damn, that's really, I was like, holy shit, deep, that's a really deep, deep yeah, isn't it? I was like, fuck me. So I was like, I didn't remember that the first time I watched it. So, yeah, as I said, really great movie. And, yeah, it has that um, that emotional um, impact to that. And he said it, it is quite deep as well. So def- it's an all-time classic. And what a, what a soundtrack. Such an 80s movie. So, yeah, rewatch The Breakfast Club. So that's it in terms of watching. And then finally, in terms of listening, uh, I kind of have to do this week listening for, like, research purposes because I was doing this interview thing this week, uh, yesterday, actually. Um, basically this uh, artist that you know is like uh, is based in Dublin he has an EP coming out next week so I kind of we've been talking about who's kind of asking me for advice what what could we do to kind of promote it in that way and I I said I could do like a video interview that kind of thing so I did that yesterday so uh, I've been listening to some of his tracks just to you know just so I know about what ask him that kind of stuff so Chris Cabs is his name so um, I interviewed before but it was only written so this time it was like video format so I think it was pretty good. It was like good fun doing it and got on well together. And his music is really good as well. So just kind of hearing about his story and he's been kind of like doing it for the past four or five years, kind of building up a sound, that kind of stuff. And, you know, he didn't want to, like he was saying, how he has got offered like deals from different record labels and that kind of stuff. And he doesn't want to, you know, sell out in that way or, you know, just go straight into it and, you know, basically just, um, yeah, lose his integrity, that kind of stuff. So I thought that was interesting. And he's saying, uh, apparently he <coughs> he was kind of talking to like they invited him in to Hosier's record label so I think it's what is it like it's not rough I'll try and find it here the name uh, because of an R uh, Ruby Works Records that's the one and I think yeah now Hosier's like part of Ireland that kind of thing anyway but um they're like an Irish one and basically they obviously hit it big when Hosier got big but apparently he was saying that uh, he kind of went to meet them one day because they were interested in signing him and he said like for the whole like hour or whatever it was they just talked about themselves and you know were pumping them, their own ego up for the whole time and uh, so, and, par- so and he has a song called Don't Waste My Time which is about that and it's on the EP so after we did the interview then we kind of t- did stuff about each individual song because he sent me the EP like in advance just to listen to it so we kind of went track by track and just you know the influences and the style and the songs and that kind of stuff so that will be released then after the interview you know after when the EP comes out so that was pretty cool I think so yes. that's that's pretty much it then in terms of what I've been doing this week cool 
Um, it's so we're getting to our topic for this week then. So we alluded to it on, on last week's show. Um, we're going to talk about the Game Awards. Um, so what do you want to do, Ken? Do you want to kind of go from... Like, yeah, <clears throat> just go the, through them. Um, I guess bottom to top, and we'll finish on yeah the actual game of the year nominations and stuff. So sweet. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of talk through. Um, yeah, when we get to certain ones, we'll kind of say, you know, who we think we should win, or like you know the different uh, nominees, kind of and perception yeah. of them as well. I think we're going to go kind of who. Who we want to win, who we think will win. Yeah. Um, as <laughs> yeah. we go through, so we might spend um, a little less on some of the topics. Yeah, but that's only natural, you know. So if we're going from bottom to top, Dave, well, I don't mean to trash China here, but the best Chinese game is actually the last one on this list. So, yeah. so they they the way they describe it, a fan voted award to recognise the most popular game in China. <clears throat> as judged by the Game Awards viewers in China. And the nominees are Monu- Monument Valley 2, JX3 HD, Gumballs, uh, and then Icy and King of Glory. So I played Monument Valley, the first one, but besides that, I haven't played any of these games, so I have no <laughs> bearing, you know, I have no idea. And of course, it doesn't really matter because it's up to the Chinese viewers. So, uh, yeah, I can't really tell you who's going to win that one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've not played any of them uh the only one i've heard of is monument valley so i'm gonna go with that one yeah sure i'll go with that why not and then moving on to that uh there's some quite interesting awards in here and i think we'll kind of talk about that as well uh best debut indie game presented by chic hydro there you go putting a flipping sponsor on it uh, and they describe it as recognizing a new independent studio that released its first game in 2017 and the nominees are slime rancher mr shifty hollow knight Cuphead and Golf Story. So obviously the one that kind of sticks out to me is obviously Cuphead because you know it's had a lot of uh, kind of traction and attention when it came out. So uh, I suppose that'll probably win. I think because it's nominated for a few other stuff. But yeah, I agree. Um, although there have been quite a lot of positive things said about Golf Story, so it kind of wouldn't surprise me if if that won a, a yeah. game like this, if that kind of snuck in. Um, yeah, the other two. Uh, they're for free, sorry. Um, I don't really know much about, so yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. I reckon I'm gonna, actually, I want to go with Gold Story. I'm gonna <laughs> okay, be, cool. Yeah, I'll go with Cuphead. That would be my prediction, though, just because it's you know the most well known. And now we're into best esports team. And here we so, as they say, we know, we know a lot about this, Ken, don't we? I, I know uh, like one or one or two teams, that's about it. The esports team, uh, judged the most outstanding for performance in 2017. Uh, inclusive of multi-team organizations. So the nominees are Team Liquid, which is a shocking name, uh, SK Telecom 1, which is a shocking name, Lunatic High, which is pretty good, I suppose, uh, Faz Clan, or Faves Clan, should I say, and the one I know, Cloud9. So, uh, yeah, that's the only one I know, so I'll go Cloud9. And they do have a huge following, that's all yeah. I know. I'm going with them, just for the fact that that's what they'll be walking on when they win. Yeah, I suppose that's the way they look at it. And yeah, then we have from best we have best esports team to best esports player presented by Omen. Uh, and as they describe it, the esports player judged to be the most outstanding performer in 2017, irrespective of game. Right. So some pretty interesting nicknames here. First one we have Kuro Kuriyaki Salihi Takamoshi, who plays for Team Liquid and is a Dota 2 player. Uh, then we have Jae Hong Ryo Hong Ryu. Uh, Soul Dynasty, which is a team, and he plays Overwatch. Then we have Nikola Nico, that's his nickname, Kovac, who, uh, from FaZe Clan, who plays Counter Strike Go. That's still gone. Uh, we have Marcelo Calderosa, David, uh, from SK Gaming, who also plays Counter Strike. Then we have Lee Sang uh, Hyuk, and his uh, nickname is Faker, which is kind of funny, who's play- who plays for SK-, SK Telecom and won and uh, plays League of Legends. So, there you go. And then we have, following off from that, we have Best Esports Game, which is for the game that has delivered the... Who who are you going for? Oh, yeah, shit, I completely forgot. I have no idea about any of these, but I'm going to assume it's probably South Korean guys. So, I'll go for Faker, Lee Sang-Hyok. I'm going for Marcelo David, or as he likes to be known, Cold Zera. Cold Zera. He's cold as ice. Yeah, fair enough. 
Uh, so then, as I said, best esports game. So for the game that has uh, delivered the best overall esports experience to players, inclusive of tournaments, community, sport, and content updates, irrespective of genre or platform. And the nominees are Rocket League, League of Legends, Dota 2, uh, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, and Overwatch. So it's kind of interesting because a lot of these didn't come out this year. Uh, but obviously there's esports games because you know there people still play them for so long and that kind of stuff. So I think though, even if as big as uh, League of Legends is, I think Overwatch might win it because you know that that was a huge hit uh, this year. You know a lot of people got on the Overwatch train, as you'd say. So I'm gonna go with Overwatch. Who do you think, Dave? I'm going with Rocket League. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Ah, here we go. Here's always an interesting one. Uh, trending gamer. And they describe as a far streamer, influencer, or a media member who has made an important impact on the industry this calendar year. And obviously, as you know, Greg Miller won last year. Kind of funny, and he had a great, uh, great speech. No, he won the year before, didn't he? Oh, was it the year before? Who won last year? Um, Boogie, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, he did. Boogie 9 too. Yeah, yeah. That's very joyful. For some reason, I thought that was on the Greg Miller one last year. Anyway, both deserving, I think. Uh, the nominees for this one are Stephen Spohn, uh, Mike Grisiak, who's actually an esports player from Cloud9. Uh, then we have Guy Beam. Uh, I think his nickname is, it says Dr. Disrespect, which is kind of funny. Uh, Clint Lexa, uh, his nickname is Half Coordinated, or maybe that's where he's from, I don't know, anyway. And then finally we have uh, Andre Rene, What's Good Games. So uh, that's the only one I really know, to be honest, so that's who I'd go for. Yeah, so I've um, been reading up about a few of the guys. I mean, People seem to think that that Dr. Disrespect um, yeah. is most likely to win. He's got a really huge following, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to go for this um, Stephen Spohn. Um, Able Gamers. Does, yeah, yeah, does yeah. A, a lot for um, yeah, um, gamers with disabilities, apparently. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that um, seems to be it. So, yeah, yeah so, that could be, actually, yeah. I'm going to go for him. Cool. Then we have, this, I think it's quite an interesting one, uh, the best student game which award the best student project created at high school or college level. I think that's definitely really good for the industry, doing that kind of stuff. And the nominees are Meaning, uh, Level Squared, Impulsion, Falling Sky, Hollowed, or From Light. So, uh, Impulsion. That's what you're going for? Yeah. So I think it's, let's see if I can guess. I think it's French, yeah. Institut de l'Internet de Multitude. But where I don't know where it's based. Um, let's see who I'll go for. I'm, I'm just gonna go by where it's based. Why not? Um, since for the. Oh, I like this one. Falling Sky Nas- National Film and Television School. Uh, doesn't say where that is, but I'll go for Falling Sky. Seems cinematic. Mm. And then we have uh, best independent game. So for outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game mode are a game made outside the traditional publisher system. And the nominees for this award are uh, Pyre, made by Supergiant Games, Night in the Woods, Infinite Fall, Cuphead by Studio MDHR, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, made by Giant Sparrow, Annapur Interactive, and then finally Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, made by Ninja Theory. Who do you think is going to win this one? So I think Cuphead will win. Um... Okay. But I would like to see Pyre win. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Supergiant Games as well. That's I it, still need to play that. Yeah, same. God damn it. it. I, I need to get around mm. to that as well. Uh, for me, I actually think uh, Hellblade Center of Sacrifice might win this because of their whole business model, the whole, you know, AAA independent, that kind of thing. So, you know, a lot of people get behind that kind of thing, possibly. Mm. But again, it'll probably be Cuphead or, you know, or Pyre. Then we have uh, best multiplayer game. So for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective. Have you, have you missed one out? Oh shit! Uh, Most anticipated. Yeah, game. sorry, missed that one out. Which I think is a bit of an odd one. Most anticipated game presented by McAfee, which is just odd. So yeah, so awarded to an upcoming game that has shown significant ambition and promise. Time must be announced and scheduled for release after December seventh, obviously. When uh, and just for listeners there. What Ken meant, he do, he doesn't mean McAfee, the software antivirus thing. He actually means like McDonald's, yeah, McCafe, yeah, McCafe. I know it's it's pretty 
bit, bit uh, weird. Yeah, I don't know about these sponsors. So it's pretty shy. But, um, yeah, so the nominations for this award are The Last of Us Part 2, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World, uh, The Amazing uh, Marvel Spider-Man, and God of War. So, um, firstly, like, for me, this should not be an award. I think it's a really stupid idea for award. Like, what have we seen of Red Dead Redemption 2? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, like, I get why they do it, but... But it's it's just meaningless award, like... Because when you think of it, say... I'm not saying any of these are going to be bad, but say, for example, Monster Hunter World's most anticipated game, and it has an absolute disastrous launch, and say there's loads of bugs, blah, blah, blah. Let's just say... I'm just saying that for uh, argument's sake. Like, we don't know anything about the game, and it's just anticipated. That's just, like, hype. It's not like we've seen loads of games. We've seen, actually, good bit of gameplay Monster Hunter. But I just mean, in general, like, these games are just... Like, especially Red Dead Redemption 2, we've seen nothing. And what what's that mean, most anticipated game? Just people are excited for it. That doesn't mean anything. Did they say most anticipated movie? Like, it's... I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a meaningless award, like, hmm. for me. But anyway, who are you going to pick? Uh, so Red Dead will win it, but I would pick personally uh, Spider-Man. Okay. I think The Last of Us Part 2 will win it, and that's who I'd like to see win it, actually. So. Uh, so then, now, sorry, we're on to Best Multiplayer. So uh, the nominees for this are Fortnite, Call of Duty World War 2, Splatoon 2, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, Destiny 2, and Player... Player unknowns uh, battleground, so yeah, interesting one. Um, I'm trying to remember who won last year. Like, I'd say Destiny Two will win this. Player unknowns battlegrounds for me. Mm, I reckon I win. True, actually, now that I think of it, yeah, I just yeah, it's it's a, at the end of the day, it's all usually about community and that kind of stuff. But anyway, then we have best sports slash racing game. So the nominees for this are Project Cars Two. Pro, Pro Vision Soccer 2018, NBA 2K18, GT Sport, Forza Motorsport 7, and FIFA 18. Um, who do I think will win this and who would I want to win it? Um, I'd say FIFA will win this, like, just in terms of community, to be honest. But who would like to see it? Um, probably Pro Evo or something. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think NBA 2K. 18 will win it uh, yeah. like it has a like great community but I think FIFA has a bigger sway to be honest like worldwide and I think more people will vote so that's probably why and then we have best strategy game so uh, which is described as best game focused on real time or turn based strategy gameplay irrespective of platform and the nominees are XCOM 2 War of the Chosen uh, Tooth and uh, Tail Total War uh, Warhammer 2 Halo Wars 2 and Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle the XCOM game so basically two XCOM games nominated on this list if we, if we want to put it that way um, who do I think will win uh, fucking Halo Wars 2 maybe I don't know don't. I reckon it'll be Mario Rabbids <sighs> Jesus Christ uh, there's, a, there's always an odd one though isn't there every, every year yeah so I reckon you never know Total to War Warhammer 2 you never know that is a good following. And then we have best family game. So the, for the best game, appropriate for a family play, uh, irrespective of genre or platform. And the nominees are Splatoon 2, Sonic Mania, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, again, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Super Mario Odyssey. Mario Kart 8 like, came out last year. I know it's the Deluxe Edition, but that's a bit shit getting like nominated again. Like It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I reckon Odyssey all win this one yeah I'd say it probably will well maybe Splatoon might anyway, yeah it probably will we know. and then we have best fighting game so for the best game designed primarily around head to head combat and nominees are Tekken 7 Nidhogg 2 Marvelous Capcom Infinite Injustice 2 and Arms Um, I'd say Tekken will win this possibly I'm going for Injustice 2 will win okay and then we have best role-playing game. Uh, so for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. And the nominees are South Park to Fractured Butthole, Final Fantasy XV, Divinity Original Sin 2, uh, Nier Automata, and Persona 5. 
And I already voted, and I voted for Persona 5 because I think it'll win this because it's a fantastic RPG. Yeah, I, I think it will win it. Um, I would go Final Fantasy 15 personally, but I think Persona 5 will win. And then we have uh, Best Action Slash Adventure Game, which is described as for the best action slash adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. The nominees are Uncharted Lost Legacy, Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, again, I already voted. I picked Horizon Zero Dawn, but who I think will win is uh, Zelda. Legend of Zelda, I think that will win. See, I think I would want Horizon to win, but I reckon Odyssey will win. I think Odyssey's going to clean up. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, and then we have uh, Best Action Game, which is for the best game in the action genre focus on combat. Uh, nominees are Prey, Neo, <laughs> Destiny 2, Cuphead, and Wolfenstein 2. Um, I don't really have like any preference in terms of who I want to win. It'd be cool to see Neo win, but I think Destiny 2 will win this. So I actually think Wolfenstein uh, is going to win this one. Yeah. Fair enough. Then we have best VR slash AR game for the best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality irrespective of platform. <coughs> There's uh, nominees are Superhot VR, Star Trek Bridge Crew, Lone Echo Echo Arena, Farpoint, and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I think that's going to win it, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. Yeah, I think Farpoint's going to take the crown on this one. Grand. And then we have best hand- handheld game, best game uh, on a playable, dedicated, portable gaming system. Uh, Pucci and Yoshi's Woolly World, Monster Hunter Stories, Metroid, Samus Returns, uh, Ever Oasis, uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadow of Valencia. Um, uh, Jesus. Maybe Monster Hunter Stories, because you know that's quite big a handheld. I don't really know. Yeah, I've not really got any idea on this one. For uh, Metroid, Samus Returns. Uh, then we have Best Mobile Game. For the best game playable on a dedicated mobile device, we have Fire Emblem Heroes, Super Mario 1, uh, Run, All Man's Journey, uh, Monument Valley 2, Hidden Folks. Um, who I want to win and who I voted for is Monument Valley 2 because I played the first game and thought it was excellent. But who I think will win, probably Super Mario 1, even though it's meant to be a pretty shit game. Yeah, I've, I mean, I reckon Fire Emblem Heroes. This, people seem to love that franchise, so I reckon that'll yeah, get it. Take the crown. Uh, and then this, I think, we'll talk a bit about this. I think it's very you call it controversial, but I just think it's a bit of an odd award. The best ongoing game. So, award two game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. And. Uh, the nominees are Warframe, which has been going for ages, uh, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, Destiny 2, and Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Player Unknown's will win it. Yeah, I'd say it will. Um, but just on this award, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just an odd award. You know, I know they're a different style of game, and you could basically just call it free to play or something. I know they're not all free to play, but Destiny definitely isn't. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a odd award. I don't mind this one too much because I think it's like rewarding an audience or a game that's still kind of yeah has got a pull. Appeal. That's what I'm saying. Warframe has been going for ages. I, that's not going to win it. Definitely not going to win it. But still, that's been going since like couple, three, four years now. I think. Yeah. But um, then uh, then we have this is kind of I think this is a pretty good award. Games for impact. For a thought-provoking game with profound uh, pro-social meaning or message. And the nominees are Please Knock on My Door, Night in the Woods, Life is Strange Before the Storm, uh, uh, Bury Me, My Love, What Remains of Venus Finch, and Hellblade Send Your Sacrifice. So, what do you think about this one? I'm going for Hellblade on this one. Yeah, I um, think I will. People seem to be really kind of pleased with some of the... Um, kind of themes that yeah. are portrayed in the game so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Life is Strange yeah, uh, before the storm won it but yeah huge fan base no, I love that but um, yeah I reckon Hellblade yeah I'm saying with you um, definitely other reviews that I uh, watched or read that's, you know the, how they've dealt with the, the issue of mental health and that kind of stuff a lot of people said you know it's a very positive move and in, we need to see stuff like that in gaming so I definitely think that could 
win it. And then it's always an interesting one. Best performance. Uh, we have awarded to an individual for voice over acting, motion or or and or performance capture. And the nominees are uh, Melanie Jurgens uh, for Hellblade, Laura Bailey, Uncharted Lost Legacy, Claudia uh, Black, Uncharted Lost Legacy, uh, Brian Bloom, Wolfenstein 2, and Ashley Birch for Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, who I think will win it, I think it will be uh, Hellblade, Melanie Jurgens. Was just based on what I've seen and like it's been pretty impressive performance you know kind of the character and what just go through so I think she'll probably definitely win it I'd say yeah I'd really like to see Ashley Birch win yeah it. I'd, I'd like to see Ashley Birch actually well. probably one of the hardest categories to pick from mm-hmm. because I think there's some some brilliant performances in there yeah yeah like I always just think it's funny because do you ever hear of it uh, there's a show called um YouTube, sorry, uh, YouTube, whatever channel called, um, what you playing, Ashley? And it's basically, it's just that's how she kind of got known. Ashley Birch, it was like her and her brother. Okay. Yeah, it's it's they're really funny. Like like her brother goes, what what you playing, Ash? And she's like, I'm playing Bioshock Two, and she like explains the game, and then they're really silly and stupid, and that's how she kind of like uh, got got known. She like uh, the people who made um, Life is Strange. There's a kind of little documentary that goes on YouTube. They like love that show, and that's why they they wanted her to do the voice of Chloe in Life is Strange, and okay. so they love that show. And they're like, oh my god, you know, when they finally got her to do the voices, they're like, oh my god, you're from, hey, what, hey, Ash, what's playing? So I just think it's it's great to see you know something like that kind of working their way up. And obviously, she clearly has a big passion for games. She plays them all the time, and it's good. Obviously, now she's kind of doing the voice acting thing as well. So it's good to see someone kind of. Uh, you know, rise up in the game industry like that. It's always good mm. to see. And then we have best audio design, which is always an interesting one. Uh, so recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. Uh, Destiny 2, Hellblade, Sender Sacrifice, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, uh, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and Super Mario Odyssey. I'd say Hellblade will win this because a lot of people said that you kind of need to play this game with headphones because of like all the kind of just kind of apparently like just you hear all these voices and that kind of stuff while you're playing it's meant to be really like really unique kind of uh, experience so i'll go with that i think um zelda will win this one i think zelda's not going to take too many away on the night mm-hmm. um so it'll be one like that that it'll it'll pinch and then we have best score slash music so for outstanding music inclusive uh, of score um original song and or licensed soundtrack and the nominees are Destiny 2, Cuphead, Nier Automata, uh, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, and Persona 5. Uh, so who I'd pick would be Persona 5, because the music in Persona games are always fantastic, and again, it's really superb in Persona 5. But who I think will win, yeah, probably, could be, maybe Zelda, actually. Maybe. That's a lie. Who do you think, Dave? Yeah. Hmm. I reckon, I reckon Nia's gonna take this one. Really? Yeah. I haven't even heard the soundtrack, so I can't really judge on that one. I mean, neither. I've not played any of them. Jamie, have best art direction for outstanding creative and/or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Uh, Destiny Two, Cuphead, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, Persona Five, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, this is a really tough one, I think, because when you think like Cuphead. And then I think Cuphead will win. Yeah, hands down. Um, I'd like. Well, to Persona see Five Horizon win. Persona Five for me is looks fantastic as well, and Horizon Zero Dawn like it's such a unique looking game. I haven't seen anything like it. I think this is a really really tough one. I don't. I, this is very hard to decide. I think because I don't think Cuphead would have the same sway as uh, Persona or Horizon or Breath of the Wild that kind of stuff. Mm. So, who I think might win it might be Zelda. I think I'll go with Zelda for that. And then we have Best Narrative. So for Outstanding Storytelling and Narrative Development in the Game. So nominees are What Remains of Edith Finch, Nier Automata, Hellblade Center Sacrifice, uh, Wolfenstein 2, and Horizon Zero Dawn. So who... It's got to be Horizon. Yeah, same. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, same. That's, that's who I definitely go with. So I want them to win, and I think they'll win as well. And then we have Best Game Direction. So, award to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovative uh, innovation in gaming, game direction, and design. 
So then uh, nominees are Wolfenstein 2, uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey and Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, personally, i definitely go with Horizon Zero Dawn. In, in terms of just like g- game direction points, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. For, for such a big game like that, and for you know, kind of how everything was put together, I think it's absolutely brilliant. So that's who I go for. I think Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm going Mario. Um, Mario I, I I'd want Horizon again, but I think yeah, I think Mario will take this, um, just because people are yeah, completely raving about it. Mm-hmm. So, and then finally we have a somewhat controversial and some of the nominees here. We we'll get because this is the big big daddy, so we'll kind of get into the nominees and talk a bit about. Uh, you know who we think may should have uh, should have not been uh, nominated so it's game of the year so as they describe recognizing game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields and the nominees for this are the legend of zelda breath of the wild super mario odyssey player unknowns battlegrounds persona 5 and horizon zero dawn so um i suppose there's been a lot of criticism of the award uh, or of nom- 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 nominating player notes Battlegrounds for Game of the Year when technically it's an early access game and has isn't finished. So, yeah, what do you kind of think about that, or do you have any opinion on that? I think it's a really like it's a tough one to call. I mean, I kind of get that argument, but at the end of the day, there are like God knows how many million unique players playing this game every day yeah um so i'm i'm not against it being yeah being nominated um if, it, if it's fun and it's ever evolving i mean the, technically these days what game is in early access because there's always patches there's always yeah like dlc and that kind of stuff so i think it's a bit of a bit of a gray area but, yeah, it's um, definitely gray. Yeah, I, i've got no i've got no problem with it being in there yeah i, I just i don't know i just feel like uh, like what they've done the past few years a lot of the time is they nominate popular games not necessarily the best games and obviously they're popular for a reason you know there's gameplay loop but it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe in their field they have you know in terms of what they're trying to do but for me like I just think there's better games out there in terms of what they offer like a more complete experience and that's somewhat limited so that's why I wouldn't nominate in that way you know what I mean that's just my opinion yeah no, it's completely fair. Yeah, but um, so yeah, so out of those nominees, who, first of all, who do you want to win, and then who do you think will win? So I really want Horizon to win. Um, I think still it's it's my game of the year. Um, I just think it's an absolutely superb game. Um, brilliant gameplay, incredible graphics, and and a fantastic story. Um. It's in terms of who do I think will win, it's really weird. So my head is telling me that Super Mario Odyssey will win it. Mm-hmm. But there's something in the back there that makes me think that Player Unknowns will Ooh, yeah. take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I just feel like there needs to be because there'll be some kind of surprise on the night mm-hmm. and that'll be it and it'll be really contentious and yeah. and loads of people will argue about it. Like at the end of the day, before we get like into the big thing, but like it's it's an award at the end of the day. It's not that big of a deal. Um, they don't mean as much as Oscars that time in terms of like how Oscars actually have a huge impact on the profit of the movie and that kind of stuff. Awards are just awards at the end of the day, and people bitching and crying about them at the end is it's it's a bit sad. But um, yeah, obviously people are going to have their own opinion. But um, still, it's I suppose it's always interesting to see where people go with. But uh, for me anyway, uh, as yeah, I'm. Probably for me, I prefer either Horizon or Persona 5 to win it. But who I think will win it... Um, I think, for me, I have a feeling that Breath of the Wild might win it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. I, like, I, I think there, there's a possibility that Super Mario Odyssey, there's kind of a recency bias, in a way, in terms of it's just come out, and that's kind of the, the game on everyone's lips, you know, that's kind of the one everyone's talking about. Whereas some of the other ones, you know, came out later on in the year, so they don't have as that as much kind of attention right now. So I think they're kind of. Not, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been nominated, but I just I'm just saying that's why you know people might be saying that they think Super Mario, Mario Odyssey might win, you know, that kind of thing. 
and that's why I think they'll win quite a lot of awards throughout the night. Yeah, because it's it, the fact that it's, it's so yeah, it's the one in memory. Yeah. Um, and then I was just going to talk a bit about um, so just because there's obviously a lot of different awards and that kind of stuff, and I just kind of find it interesting in terms of. I I think it would be big. I'll say I said I'd love Horizon to win, but I I think it'd be great for gaming in one way in terms of because it's a new IP obviously so it's player unknown Battlegrounds but in terms of like a brand new AAA franchise I think it would be a big statement if Horizon won because um, at the end of the day Super Mario Super Mario has been around for years it's another Mario game it's another Zelda game another Persona game you know these are these are games like these are series these are franchises that we've seen time and time again so I think it would be great for gaming if Horizon won like a whole like brand new franchise Gorilla's first game outside of Killzone and I think just think it would be fantastic if they actually won it yeah agreed I, I mean yeah like you said it's the first game for a, a shooter studio yeah um, you know this completely out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. um and for me, yeah, I just it's not going to be beaten for my game of the year. Yeah. Um, personally, so I'd, yeah, I'd love to see him win. It. And for me, also, when it comes to Ryzen, I think they have a much harder task than Super Mario Odyssey or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, when you think of it, not only was the story great and the combat was great, like the wor- they have to create a world as well. Whereas Super Mario Odyssey, we know they always have the same shit story. Like there is no story to the game at all. And so when you think of it, it's it's more of an impressive feat for Horizon to win it and Super Mario Odyssey because at the end of the day all Super Mario Odyssey has to do is have great gameplay and that's it they don't really have to tick any other boxes whereas Horizon had to do every, everything else so I think it's more deserved of Game of the Year than any other, any other of these to be honest yeah no I'm 100% in agreement so and again obviously it's it's very kind of up to your own opinion what do you think you know in terms of how you judge games in that way but that's just my opinion I think like there's a lot this when you think of games and what they have like certain games all the stuff they have to do compared to some other games like a platformer let's say where the art style, art style can be cool but it could be just mindless you know shooting whatever it happens to be they don't really have to take those other boxes so that's where that's one of the problems or gripes I have with game wars and stuff like that and game of the year stuff where when you think of what some games kind of have to just do to get it right and then what other games have to do it's it's kind of an unfair, uh, unfair advantage for some games, if you know what I mean. And I, don't, and I also, also think games like Super Mario don't get criticised much for having no story or whatever, because, oh, it's okay, it's the same game, you know, every, for the last 25 years, it's fine. You know what I mean? So that's just the way I see it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there is a, that bit of bias in there, for sure. Yeah. So that's our predictions, I suppose. Yeah. And there we have it. Stuff. It's the end of episode 63. So um, let us know your thoughts. Let us know your predictions. Um, when when are the actual awards? December 7th. Yeah. Uh, okay. So um, start of December. So, yeah. so a bit, so bit of time to time to, to see how it goes. But yeah, probably won't be too long away. No, exactly. Um, so thanks for joining us as always and uh, we'll speak to you next time bye